Hey, just a couple notes before this episode. First note, uh, if you're hearing this, this is on the public feed. Um, you are getting the preview version of the episode. If you want the full premium version of the episode, go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. $5 a month gets you access to full Watch Out for Fireballs, the show Bonfireside Chat, extra episodes of Abduct Suffering, the show Unfilmable, and much more. Uh, so go ahead and check that out if you would like. Um, the second note is that we forgot to mention the bonus levels in this game. There are super cool bonus levels where you play through the old original Wolfenstein 3D levels in the new engine. Uh, they're amazing. Um, and just totally, uh, forgot them. They're not kind of part of the plot, uh, content. And it's a long episode, as you'll see. Uh, you know, the full episode is a long episode. So, uh, we were kind of focused on the plot, but we forgot that. So we do know about them. They're super cool. I love them. Uh, and I just wanted to make sure you knew that we knew. So again, if you want to hear that full episode, it's patreon.com slash duckfeedtv, and uh, consider supporting us. Thanks! My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Wolfenstein, The New Order, which is a first-person shooter developed by Machine Games and published by Bethesda Softworks in 2014. Yeah, and this is our premium episode for August. Uh, and this episode was uh, patronized, was produced mm-hmm. by Jack Morris. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Jack. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, if you want to uh, look into producing an episode mm-hmm. or if you are hearing this on the public feed and you'd like to hear the entire episode go to patreon.com slash duck tv mm-hmm. uh the way this works is once a month we have an episode where you put out a preview that covers generalities and then the full episode that covers the nitty-gritty of the game is for patrons at five dollars yes. a month yep um and there are a bunch of those now at this point including a full premium episode from our puzzle month about adventures of lolo yeah yeah. So, yeah, you get that whole thing for five bucks. You can subscribe, listen, and unsubscribe. We don't care. Right. It is all okay. Uh, but for this month, we're talking about uh, a game that we've t- been talking about doing for years, mm-hmm. um, Wolfenstein, The New Order. Yeah, uh, um, my first time playing it. So double thanks to Jack for uh, getting me off my ass. Uh, basically, since it came out, uh, since you played it, Gary, I knew that we would eventually be covering it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's gonna be a that. word for that like watch out for fireballs purgatory yes where something like i've been holding off a metal gear 5 replay for like a while <laughs> where i've been like i, I want to play that but man eh. yeah same thing with revengeance i'm like ah, i would like to play that but it's like it's it's, it's, it it's on deck someday. or something or it's earmarked yeah. yeah yeah i would hate to let you know play it and then just end up doing it i mean i guess like depending on how what the turnaround was i wouldn't necessarily have to revisit it right but, right yeah. But it's a this this game is definitely one of those. So I was looking, you know, I was very happy to have an excuse to revisit it, mm-hmm. especially with uh, Youngblood 
coming out, which is on my radar to play mm-hmm. with with my co-op buddy. Yeah, Arcane young, Studios, young, baby. Young Young Blood looks great. Did, did Did Arcane develop that? Yeah, it's a it's a collaboration. Gotcha. Okay. So it's kind of like a, a co-op. Oh, four, five, one, Wolfenstein. God damn. <laughs> yeah, uh, it got some some kind of mediocre reviews, but it's one of those things where all of the reviews I've read, like the things people are complaining about, I'm like, no, that's actually good. <laughs> right. um, you're complaining about good things. Yeah. Uh, you know, for the most part, there's some some valid complaints about oh, yeah. it. But, um, so this is a uh, a soft reboot of the series. Like everyone knows Wolfenstein, mm-hmm. right? Um, this is picking up actually in continuity, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, related to Return to Castle, Wolf- Castle Wolfenstein and the Wolfenstein games that came out in 2009 that you definitely forgot about. Yeah. And even if you hadn't forgotten about uh, in the face of these new new ones, you definitely forgot about. Yeah. Wolfenstein 2009 is an interesting game. I don't know that it's especially great. Um, but it is, I think, maybe too good to be orphaned like this. Yeah. 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 I've read about it a lot. Um, Noah Calvel Gervais, who is my, you know, my favorite YouTube game critic, mm-hmm. did a like a Wolfenstein series retrospective that does oh, the yeah. whole series and, uh, and talked about that. Yeah. And it definitely sounded interesting. It looked a little like drab, mm-hmm. you know, so it might be a little bit harder to go back to. Yeah after this because uh, this is anything but drab as we'll mm-hmm. we'll discuss right. um but it's always been kind of on my radar yes um so uh again because this is wolfenstein you play as william j bj blaskowicz uh the grandfather of commander keen and i think the great great grandfather the doom guy yeah. <laughs> um yep. uh, he's an american soldier who is tasked with fighting nazis wherever and whenever they show up and boy <laughs> is he a single issue voter who <laughs> In in the best possible way. Yep. Um, like, I'm, I know that we'll, we'll talk about this more, but, like, how awesome is it the additional kind of, like, pathos and heat mm-hmm. that this game gets? Yes. In in 2019. Like, I, I generally think that the hard times is pretty annoying, the, like, fake onion. Yeah. And mostly, because yeah. I just, I just, I think that, like, doing the onion, I don't yeah, know, there's just this the onion, cheap. The, the, the onion already does, already does the onion. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they had, one of my favorites was, um bold new entry in the wolfenstein series imagines a world where the nazis didn't win <laughs> and, and i was just like that's so good yeah yeah sometimes the best shot's a straight one yeah yeah look a little bit further i i have i have a spot in the notes for us to talk about nazi killing yeah so. let's do i mean yeah not to not to jump the, the gun but much like bj uh-huh. uh, i just have a huge you know heart on yes for killing nazis and mm-hmm. like you know, that is such a uh, contextual shift in myself as a gamer American mm-hmm. where I was with all of the middle brow critics rolling my eyes at the reviews that started. It's always fun to kill Nazis. And I was right. Like, yeah. You guys about those dinosaurs from the past. Right. Right. No, it's kind of like, oh, it's always fun to kill Nazis. And isn't bacon good? Random lol. Um, yeah, turns but, out both of the things, but, both of those things are true. Uh, yeah. one, one of them just leads to at least a, a more just digital world. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. And, and also, you know, bacon's delicious. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to put it on a t-shirt, Yeah, but it's not like it doesn't taste good, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, and you know, killing Nazis is great. Yeah. Make that, make this game with the clan. Yeah. Give me, give me, uh, give me all these, uh, yeah. you know, healthy murder simulator. Yeah. Uh, just, I, I will never not be okay. Hating hate, you know, yeah. call me intolerant exactly. if you want. I don't care. That's not in good faith. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Right. Um, so this, uh, the, the kind of hook of this is it takes place in this alternate history where German, uh, the Germanies, uh, the Germans, the <laughs> Germanies, the various Germanies of the world, yeah, united. Uh, you know, Nazi and other, um, got a hold of advanced technology and won the war right. uh, in 1946. Right. 
So uh, BJ, he's in a coma for 14 years and he wakes up in 1960 in this world that is ruled by the technical, the, the technologically advanced Third Reich. Um, yeah. Again, so things have, you know, massively advanced because of all that stuff that they all those secrets that they uncovered and, you know, just generally valuing technology over human life. Um, and BJ, he's like, uh, enough of this. And he gets together with the uh, resistance to take it all down. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is a trilogy mm -hmm. basically with uh, with Youngblood, I believe, is kind of an interpol. Right. So uh, plan to be a uh, an actual trilogy that tells the story because. Mm -hmm. Uh, this ends kind of definitively, but the sequel to this ends on a bit of a cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're telling the, you know, they want to tell the story of this alternate world. Yes. Um, like Amazon's Man in the High Castle, except for people have watched it <laughs> or played it. So, uh, Isn't it weird that Amazon Prime Video, like all of the, uh, all the stuff that is available on that, like the majority of people who are online get it for free and we still haven't watched that? There, there's, there's stuff that like have, have broken through. Now that I've watched Fleabag, I, I'm, I'm, it's like I've poked into the Amazon the mm, prime averse yeah and I'm, I'm like so close to being like well perhaps this wonderful miss mazel does have something to say <laughs> and i can stop walking around being like what the fuck's the miss mazel you can't you you can't joke about that because no, then no, no, people no, yeah. people miss, miss come at you on squad. twitter yeah yeah like just like no, no it's actually good and it's like well okay yeah no i <laughs> the joke i was making was was agnostic to its quality yes like it is a b disagreement i'm not saying it's not good right the uh, i'm just saying i've seen i know more people have seen a ufo than i've seen it that's all i'm saying <laughs> so like it doesn't uh it doesn't yeah. mean that's not good but, but it's similar to the philip k dick story and you know that 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 series it, it imagines a world run you know run, run by the nazis this is a little bit different because it is you know, incredibly pulpy you know, you do have yes. the crazy technology. There's not so much of the occult stuff in this. Uh, yeah. That's more that's in the, the, the new blood. Yes. Yeah. The, the, uh, and it's, uh, Pulpy uh, is an interesting way to put this because we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the tone of this, mm -hmm. uh, which is, I think, like the most narrow tightrope walked in games. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like this. This is amazing. Y yeah. Like what this pulls off and the kind of. Like we're going to if you've never played it, we're going to describe things in this episode mm -hmm. that are going to seem outlandish. And you're just going to have to believe us when we say, no, no, it actually kind of lands it. It's like, yeah. yes, you, you know, take out a concentration camp and a mech, mm -hmm. uh, but it's awesome and not it's like the most respectful, <laughs> like destroying and liberating a concentration camp and a mech yeah. that I've ever that I can imagine or I couldn't imagine before this. Yeah. You know, like I could not imagine that having the solemn dignified triumphant like cocktail of emotions mm -hmm. that it does in this game uh and it actually does it so we, there are a lot of like i have not figured it out like i'm not purporting to know the secret no do it no. like talk about some of those aspects and try to kind of guess how it pulls that off but it's uh it is a it is wolfenstein's underscore trick to the extreme <laughs> it is you know I, I i do not know how to describe how they how they managed to be so pitch perfect with it either it is unexpected that something so unsubtle on its face could be so deft yes yeah yeah there, there are words that you would associate with media that respectfully handles uh the holocaust right and those words would be like subtle like restrained, mm -hmm. you know, dignified things like that. None of which describe this game, which is a this game and the sequel are maximalist games. Yes, uh, you know, in a way that that show very little restraint. Um, you know, it's not Bayonetta, right? 
it's not not Bayonetta. (laughs) (laughs) There is absolutely like over the top rule of cool stuff in this. Yeah, tons of it. Yeah. And it still pulls it off. Right. And I, you know, it's, it's interesting to see it happen. Um, just before we totally move on from that, mm-hmm. um, you know, to get the, the, all the Nazi killing, yeah, you know, stuff out of the way, right? Like just to, to kind of touch on that. And there will be people who listen to this who roll their eyes, you know, and this is a great metric <clears throat> to decide whether you think you want to hear the whole episode on Patreon, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if you're listening to this, you're like, I can't believe they're going to go on about Nazis. Nazis don't exist. The white supremacists today have no connection to Nazis, et cetera. Then our Patreon probably not for you. You know, not in a bad way, just, uh, you know, you're not going to like what you find there, Mm -hmm. most likely. Um, For us and for people of similar sensibilities, um, this is an extremely cathartic game um, because we get to see uh, in real life naked examples of white supremacy in a way that uh, either we did not see before or that did not exist before. And Mm -hmm. the practical difference doesn't matter for these purposes, right? Right. So lest anyone pop in with it's always been bad, like Mm -hmm. from the bushes, like we know. Yes. Um, you know, but regardless of which, uh, you know, Cole and I are of similar sensitivities, of similar ages and living in this moment in the same way where it now feels immensely frustrating to see these examples of things that we thought as people we may have moved beyond. Yes. Uh, we did not. No, and, no. The, the timing on that is really weird because this came out in 2014. You know, again, mm-hmm. it just it, yes, it is. It, it has always been bad. Yeah, uh, you know, they even make that yeah. point in 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 the game in one in one of the pathways. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, this came out in 2014 before talking about <laughs> before talking about Nazism as uh as a threat, white supremacy as a threat was even in like a thing we needed to think about. Um, yeah. And this is a weird case where five years on, this has only, I think, aged well in terms of being a cathartic experience. He's gotten more relevant. Yes. You, you know? know, and the, it's like, so I want to I, what I want to do for anybody who might be rolling their eyes at this, because I roll my eyes at that, too, especially if somebody sounds like they're being a tough guy, you know, like, oh, I'll punch every Nazi I see. I'm like, no, prob- probably not. You haven't punched anybody, anybody in, your, in your life. I know I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, and I'm absolutely not saying like go out and you know find somebody who has a Trump sign and 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 and, and hurt them in a video game though. There is and, and in other media, there is almost the, the no, there is no less morally complicated violence that can happen than against a white supremacist or a Nazi. Um, well, in that has any any relation to the real world. Yes. So, like, having that kind of secret spice, like, even if you are somebody who doesn't buy that there is a rise in white supremacy mm-hmm. in the world, like, first of all, wake up. Yes. But if, 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 you don't, if you don't buy that, at the very least, this is trucking with concepts that are real and present dangers to people who exist now. That has a lasting a legacy. That, yeah, that has, <laughs> right? a, has a legacy that still impacts the world in a way that Final Fantasy V does not. Right. Like in Final Fantasy V, you are talking, it's the the void mm-hmm. and death. It's these metaphysical concepts that are extremely hard to relate to real life without yeah. many degrees of separation. Yeah. Right. Um, here, though, like we've all seen after people, mm-hmm. like there is even after World War II, there are white supremacist even before this rise of white supremacists when i was growing mm-hmm. up i knew what a neo-nazi was yes you know i knew that that existed in basements across america there are people who are gathering to have these meetings and talk race war this and race war that mm-hmm. uh that is real yes that's real mm-hmm. uh and the thing that kind of 2019 brain uh you know and moving forward not just 2019 brain but 2014 is a really important year for this as well right well yeah gamer um uh, yeah gamer you know gamergate the kind of radically 
you know, the public radicalization of uh, kind of gamers. Young, young, uh, young white men. Oh, young white yeah, men. Yeah, who are, who are almost universally gamers. Yes. Yes. You know, who are almost universally gamers. Uh, and again, squares and rectangles, right? Before right. you say I'm saying all gamers. Nope. Uh, this. I uh, remind you that we do a Games Club podcast. Mm-hmm. I am Gary Butterfield. Like, I've been doing this for eight years. <laughs> yeah. Reminder. I play a lot of video games. Right. Um, the uh, But the thing that this 2019 brain has done is, one, uh, show how prevalent this was, even if it was prevalent before. Mm-hmm. It's very, you know, if people are marching in the streets, right? Mm-hmm. And I say this... Uh, I mean, this is know, the uh, this is the one-year anniversary. We're recording this on the two-year anniversary of the death of Heather Heyer, Heather yeah. Heyer of the Charlottesville you know, Massacre. Which was, yeah, which was, you know, absolutely horrific. I'm recording this from my, my one-bedroom apartment, apartment in Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. where white supremacists descend on the city mm-hmm. now in 2019, uh, once every two months or so, or so to, like essentially be publicly white supremacists with cover from the uh, police and you know, the established power from, structures. Yeah. yeah. Which is documented, right? Like it sounds mm-hmm. paranoid, but Google it. Like yeah. there is, you know, there, there are text records of our police collaborating mm-hmm. with, with these people. Right. Yeah. So like not only does 2019 brain show uh, the existence of this, but also the danger. Like if you didn't bring up, you know, Heather higher, I was going to mm-hmm. right? like people have died. Yep. People mm-hmm. have died. Uh, people will continue to people die. People just even, died a little bit over a week ago. Yes. You know, we were recording you know, this a little bit more than a week than, than a week out from the shooting in El Paso, uh, yes. which was explicitly targeting, um, uh, you know, Hispanic, Hispanic people uh, yep. under the guise of the Great Replacement Theory or motivated by the Great Replacement Theory, which extends back at least as far as, you know, Nazi Germany and is an anti-Semitic yes. uh, trope and, at its heart. Yeah. And is a YouTube topic yes. that people do for hundreds of thousands of views yes. now, hundred if not millions of views, right? So mm-hmm. all of this stuff is real. Yeah. Um, the last time before this, before all of that stuff was real, like the last like explicitly Nazi killing video game I played was probably like a Medal of Honor or something. Yeah, yeah. And that has the cadence of like a war movie. And to mm-hmm. me, it was quarantined to the past. Yeah. Uh, now... Nothing about this is quarantined to the past. Yeah. In those games, like there may have been nods. And I know that you just like, especially in the early Medal of Honor games, they did, you know, address the idea of concentration camps and things. That was Mm -hmm. state versus state. You were you were an element of the army who was going in and fighting an enemy army who happened to have a, you know, a different flag, right? Yeah. Here, you are exposed full force to the ideology. You have people talking about skull size. You know, the yes. villains will, you know, uh, basically continue on and give their, <laughs> and, and, and give their little uh, manifestos about how they are the only humans. What you see in the, in the society that BJ wakes up in is the logical extension of, you know, a militaristic force that rises to power and is in a place to decide once and for all who is and isn't human. Wait, who? Yeah. Yes. And and being able to, if I wanted to go on to YouTube and watch Stefan Molyneux, mm-hmm. basically be a phrenologist yes. online to, you yeah. know, these, these well, huge, huge count numbers is the new context that this has. Yes. Uh, and for me, being, uh, you know, a feeling person mm-hmm. and being somebody who doesn't, uh, who is sensitive to the times and who feels these deaths, like who who feels these shootings, mm-hmm. right? Like it's it's not uh, abstract right. to me. Like it, it feels like, um, you know, a, uh, a punch in the heart. Yes. Right? Like when, when this kind of thing happens. For me, uh, that added context is brand new and incredibly powerful. Yes. And like, yes, this is a silly, unsubtle arcade game, mm-hmm. right? 
where you're just shooting somebody, but it does just, it makes the villains matter. Yep. Like even on a base level, it does something that a lot of games fail to do. And I, you know, I, I will find another example other than Final Fantasy V, I promise. <laughs> but I think Final a lot Fantasy of, four. <laughs> Final Fantasy IV, right? Zero Miss, right? Right. Like, you know, just just to pick a, you know, but just because we've recently done it. Yeah. yeah. Um, just chooses a villain that is just uh, relevant. Yeah. Relevant uh, to my life. Relevant to my experience in a way that is emotionally mm-hmm. uh, key. A good, and, a good and resonant villain is one of the biggest assets that a narrative game can have. This has them. Yeah. If not the biggest. Yes. You know, because it is the thing by nature of a video game, like a video game in, you know, a very reductive definition of a video game is it a set of, it's a set of obstacles mm-hmm. set in front of you uh, that you are meant to to overcome. The thing, since your verb is to overcome mm-hmm. in a video game, the thing you're overcoming yeah. really matters. Yeah. You know, like the, the, the thing you jump over matters. Mm-hmm. And uh, in some ways, it is the most important thing. Right, right. So, yeah. so playing this again was a cathartic experience, and lest anybody misunderstand me, not advocating that somebody do this in in, in real in, in real life. Um, I do not spare tears for um, a white supremacist who gets punched at a rally or whatever. Yeah, there was a good tweet yeah. recently. I'm sorry that I don't have it up, so I can't cite it. But any sympathy that you extend to a fascist is a waste and an insult to everybody that they have hurt or will hurt. Um, you know, but, you know, playing this was extremely cathartic insofar as it was, there was no sense of reservation about Mm -hmm. how good it felt to engage with the shooting in this. Does, you know, does that make me, you know, is, 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 does that sound psychopathic laid out just saying it free of context? Yeah. But in the, in in the context. Kind kind of though, it it sounds psychopathic if you are, you know. Most I would say shooting at them. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it sounds like, but like a lot of people like go, we play through most games. Most people play through most games, not everyone mm-hmm. without questioning the shooting. Yes. You know, in it, questioning the violence in mm-hmm. it. This gives you a pass not to. Yes. Like, even though most of the time I wouldn't, you know, mm-hmm. I play, I play doom without thinking about the shooting. Yeah. You know, I play, I play a lot of games without thinking about the shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I play XCOM without thinking about the shooting. I play Shadowrun without thinking of the shooting. I think I don't think about the shooting a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. Um, this gives you a pass to, yeah. if you decide to think about it, you're only going to come out ahead because these are unquestionable, real evils, mm-hmm. you know, the people, and they do things to humanize some of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like some of them have like, talk about what they're going to do after work and everything. And one of the like messages of the game that gives you a, greater pass is that these even these people who are cogs in the machine are doing so much harm yes you know that it is uh they gotta go mm-hmm. you know at some point you know i i just we, we talked about this a lot when we talked about politics in general mm-hmm. um the switch from a, a context-free stance that all mm-hmm. violence is bad yes to some people gotta go mm-hmm uh, is something that was a painful transition yeah. for both of us, but is real. And I yeah. feel comfortable where we're at. Yeah. And, you know, for, for, for me, that is not, again, I've not punched anybody in my life. Uh, probably, probably not going to do it unless I'm called to. Um, and there is probably a conversation, you know, like there is a conversation to be had, like, you know, an organization that we support, you know, duck bundle Two proceeds for that have gone to life after hate 
which yeah. fi- which provides a support structure and finds specific people to help deprogram them. They are a resource for people who are involved in hate organizations to you know to go to. What I don't want people to hear is for us to say, oh, generally as a blanket stance, no, as, as a blanket stance, nobody is able to repent. Nobody can get better because part of believing in rehabilitation and part of believing that um all of this is a is a process that growth is a process is that you have to leave room for people to grow yeah. um however speaking the speaking in the abstract i do not have to shed a tear for for somebody who is unrepentant um no and it is not for me to decide who is and is not repentant you can support the idea of, re- of rehabilitation without crying over you know the the, the fictional nazis that you're killing yeah, in the game, it's yeah. it's not for you to decide. Yeah. But in the game, in the fiction, none of these people are repentant. right. Yes, like it's not like whoa, maybe some of these characters are actually innocent. We just don't know. Right. Like, no, right. the video no, game they... presents them as you know they were written. They don't exist. Like mm-hmm. they they were written in, as a way. Yeah. And yeah. one of the things I really like about the series and its deft handling is in the sequel, which I'm sure we'll get to eventually. Yeah. Um, there is a character who was born. Uh, even in this game, actually, there's a character who was born a Nazi who does repent. Mm-hmm. Like it actually does show that yes. as, as a, uh, as a possibility yeah. of but, this. And it's something we both firmly believe in in real life. And that plays into like, you know, a wider like kind of discussion about cancel culture and, and, and all of that jazz, which we, you know, this is, this is a podcast about video games. Mm-hmm. The, um, you know, so it, it doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> have a place here, but this, I think, you know, I'm not going to shed any tears. I am, I am way into the feeling yes. of who you are killing in this game. I took a lot of pleasure in every death and I don't feel bad about it Yeah, because some people got to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, yeah. uh, has a real life corollary. Um, so as an escapist kind of fantasy, this is a, in my mind, a healthy escapist fantasy that serves a pertinent and, uh, kind of relevant purpose yes. to the current times. Yes. Um, so. and in a lot of ways, I am happy I didn't play this in 2014. Um, mm. e- even though it is amazing. Um, I, you know, coming to this in this particular time, I feel like I, it has ripened, you know, I feel yeah. it, it, you know, just, it feels, it, it feels a little bit more like I have, you know, I got more emotional appreciation out of this, you know, not just the violence, but the overall presentation and the general triumph that you have against, against these people, um, than I would have five years ago Yeah, when this would have, when this would have felt more fantastical to me, when it would have felt, um, when it, when it would have felt like it was separate of context. Yeah. Yeah. It's aged well. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because the, the skeleton it hangs on is very much like stage set piece, you know, stealth until it isn't shooter, like cinematic corridor shooter, basically like this is the nuts and bolts of this are pretty standard. Yes. Um, and you're, you, you know, you would expect that we're going to talk about the ways that this, um, works though, that it feels Mm -hmm. more than bog standard. Um, and one of the big ways that this, uh, that, that, that they achieve that is in the feel, uh, which makes sense mm-hmm. when you realize that this is made by people who left Starbreeze, um, the developer of the Chronicles of Riddick games and the darkness. Um, mm-hmm. they nailed the kinetic, the kinetics really well in addition to the world design, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Yeah. It is a very good version of that conventional mm-hmm. stage and set piece cinematic shooter. Like we're doing Half-Life 2 next month, right? Yes. So when I say standard shooter, by no means should that be damning because the ceiling for that's extremely high. Yes. Um, so this does not have, uh, the two weapon problem, the halo issue, right? Mm -hmm. Um, it also does not have health, uh, that automatically regenerates, which encourages passivity. Mm -hmm. Um, we talked about that 
before, sometimes that can be good. I think right? like we talked about it a lot when we hit um uh, COD four. Yeah, if we if we didn't hit it in COD four, we hit it in Bioshock Infinite, or we hit it in um Halo ODST, which does yeah. not have that everything re- regenerate system. But we have mentioned before how that does encourage you to turtle up as opposed to fighting forward to find new pickups. And and this game has a few different uh, mechanics for fighting forward. We'll talk about the principal one later, like one of the big innovations yes. of, uh, of this game. Um, so uh, health regenerates up to a certain break point yes. uh, in this game. So it's kind of like splits the difference. Um, if you do get hit and you manage to find cover quickly, that is to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, but your cover, your health will only recover up to those break points. Right. Um, either 20, uh, 40, 60, kind of on the 20s. Yes. Um, so you're never just stuck with one HP. You're never one hit away from dying mm-hmm. if you wait a second. But if you want to get two hits away from dying or three hits away from dying, you need to go out in the world. You need to find health and armor um, and as well as ammo Mm -hmm. um, from dead enemies and out in the world. Yes. Um, I feel like they solved it. Gary. Yeah, yeah. Really <laughs> this is such a good compromise that like does encourage those dramatic moments where you find the pickup or you find the new ammo that lets you swing the battle in a moment. I'm looking for yeah. that drama and this kind of combat. It's really good. Yeah. Um, I, I think as far as like solving health in general, mm-hmm. I think Doom got a little closer. Yes. To it, I really like the glory kill system. Mm-hmm. Um, this doesn't quite do that, but this is a really great articulation of it. Yeah. I like this more than just straight health pickups. I like it more than straight regenerating HP. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a really, really good way. And it lends itself to the world and the kind of like mostly shooter, but some exploration based design. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the game has. Um, and, and, uh, you know, and, and I think about this centering on the character of BJ Blazkowicz. Like mm-hmm. he is incredibly tough you know like that that is one of the primary adjectives you would use to describe him but he is not superhuman you know if mm-hmm. he was somebody who could just seal up all of his wounds like wolverine by waiting a minute that would that that, that would suck um well, it, you know, it, it would undersell like a lot of the drama right yes, like yeah. part of i i think that ties into the real stakes mm-hmm. that the game has like you can't make one person just be able to be a one man army against the Nazis with no risk. Right. Like, yes, you end up being that, but one of the other, you know, so between the health system and the kind of the lethality, and then also the fact that this is at, at all points a collaboration, mm-hmm. like you're introduced to your, your, uh, your teammates who all mm-hmm. have a big part in this. Yeah. Um, it kind of tells you that like, yes, one person is not going to face a threat this mm-hmm. big. Right. Yeah. Um, so this game has some stealth elements, um, but they're pretty simple. Uh, however, it does rely on them pretty frequently in terms of opening the encounters. And I I never got tired of this rhythm, really, in well, the, the way that they uh, pull it off. The thing they do, and this I'm sure this is jumping to a forward point, That's but right. I'm going to take it anyway, mm-hmm. um, is that the game presents you with a choice. And I didn't mm-hmm. notice this until this playthrough or the second playthrough. Uh, many times presents you with a binary choice, mm-hmm. uh, which is you get into an area. Um, there's a system where there are uh, commanders mm-hmm. who will radio reinforcements. These encourage stealth because if you take them out first, then you just have uh, you know a handful of Nazis to deal with, no reinforcements. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes in the vestibule of these areas, there are also uh, enough health pickups to go into overcharge. Right. Um, this game has this overcharge system where any health above 100 will slowly drain, mm-hmm. but you can you can go quite a bit over your max. So at that point, the game is telling you which way do you want to take this. <laughs> um, if you like the stealth, if you're engaging with the stealth, if you're good at the stealth, if you want to play the stealth, you can do that. You can go in with your comparably fragile beach <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and go through and kill the, the commander and then take out the Nazis. Mm-hmm. If you uh, want to just pick up all that health mm-hmm. and rush in, yeah. um, do it. 
Yep. And that extra health will insulate you against the consequences of your recklessness mm -hmm. uh, in a way that's like really elegant. Yes. Like it, it can first feel like, oh, you have to engage with a stealth. And when you fuck up, your penalty is that you get these extra units mm -hmm. that come in. But really it is, you know, that yes, that happens. Right. But you can also run back to that vestibule and get that health to recharge your health. Mm -hmm. Like you're well prepared for to take almost every encounter in multiple ways. Yes. Uh, between those kind of two different modes and making stealth like one um, fun when it fails. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very chaotic and fun. The music kicks up when uh, when the commander pulls in extra people. <laughs> you have that little uh, symbol on the screen telling you like, hey, find this fucker. Yeah. Um, you know, that's really fun and stressful uh, and kind of thrilling. Or if you actually pull it off and sneak up on the commander, like they're often doing something. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of silly, like they're listening to the radio or they're on a, on a radio or they're relaxing. Stabbing somebody through the back of the chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Extremely satisfying. So you kind of get either way mm -hmm. and both way works. Mm -hmm. Both ways work. Yeah. You know? um, it's great that, that, that it, a lot, you know, gives you the affordance to not just play to your strengths or play to, um, you know, what you have the resources for at the moment, but to play to what you feel like. Like, yeah. I just, I really don't feel like being stealthy right now. Well, fuck it, man. Just go in. You're BJ fucking yeah. Blazkowicz. Go, go in with 160 health yeah. and full armor and dual wield shotguns <laughs> and, and make these, these fuckers gotta go. Yeah. You know, like these, these guys gotta go, you know, they're not okay. They, they saw what was happening and they reported to work anyway. So yeah, exactly. So they gotta go. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, uh, having that choice is really, really fun. And that rhythm uh, plays into a third. So it's kind of like a, a triangle because you have the self segments, um, you have the action segments, and then you have a uh, copious downtime. Yes. Uh, in this game, like the rhythms of this game are great. Mm -hmm. uh, switching between those three different modes of like kind of soft stealth based or exploration based level play, mm -hmm. action shootout level play, and then downtime where you're getting to know your like genuinely well written, compelling side characters yes uh or going on these like little scavenger hunts and stuff which feel a little space filly but i think mm -hmm. actually do a lot for the tension and release of the the kind of sine wave of yes. this game yeah um that downtime specifically you know when you're in inhabited areas or even when you are navigating facilities um mm -hmm. that that's what made me because I, I had no idea that machine games was made up of starbreeze people but i was like man it'd be really fun to play chronicles of reddick for the show and then i looked up and like oh yeah they totally did that because yeah. that is the cool thing about that game yes <laughs> yeah you know and that's a rhythm thing that happens in other uh journalism journalism uh or, God, genres yep. <laughs> uh, so looking for different different genres as well mm -hmm. right so that's yeah. the rhythm of deus ex yeah too uh stealth until it isn't if you want it to be and downtime mm -hmm. you know like this is something that the best games do yes yeah very very well handled um the stealth you know you don't necessarily have as much feedback as i would like mm -hmm. um in terms of if you're spotted or not um however it does give you the lean button which is absolutely necessary for this mm -hmm. um uh and and required and you can get really far uh, by, by by engaging with this, which I like, uh, not just because you know it does give variety to the rhythm of play, but it is kind of a nod to what Wolfenstein was before Wolfenstein. Yes, 3D. yes, yeah, yeah, the Wolfenstein one, which is a stealth game. Yeah, the uh, the stealth is compared. Uh, Aaron Signal mm -hmm. uh, uses this term, and I really like it, where he compares stealth in a game to um, the stealth of the kitchen segment in Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of what the stealth is like in here as well. Right, right. You know, crouching under waist-high walls, 
just avoiding eye lines. Enemies take a long time to see you. Mm-hmm. You know, so. and, the, and they'll usually give you an indication like, "Huh, what the fuck?" Yeah, you know, yeah, and then come. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so those systems all work really together. It makes this kind of triangle of rhythm of play that's really satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can talk a little bit about the stealth, like why the stealth is, uh, you know, what it does. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a knife that you have always with you. You don't have to equip it which is great. They can always be used for stealth kills. You can throw knives. You eventually get a silenced pistol mm-hmm. as well. So your stealth options are, are eventually become fairly robust. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about what makes the ex- the downtime parts special. Mm-hmm. Um, the action uh, parts are the probably the body of the game, yeah. however. Um, and there's a lot of things that make that really noteworthy. Um, the weapons themselves are fairly standard, but uh, they can you can get upgrades. We'll talk about the upgrade system, which I'm actually super not crazy about. Yeah. Um, but... You can dual wield everything. Yes. Um, and boy, is that fun. Yep. Like dual wielding auto shotguns or dual wielding lasers is extremely fun. It is so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, which is uh, which is just just wonderful. Mm-hmm. Like it is very satisfying when you are overcharged running into an area and just double barreling uh, everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, um, very few things hold up to uh, and compare again to Bioshock Infinite. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I said in that episode, the, uh, the definitive experience, the thing I mostly remember that is emptying a shotgun clip into a guy, reloading my shotgun while he stumbles and then firing more shots into him to die. I'm, uh, not so here. No, there are a no. Couple of tanky enemies. But for the most part, if you walk up and hit both those barrels, which are mapped to each shoulder button, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, a, in a way that's genius, like the way it had to be. No. Um, then they go down nine times out of ten. Yes. It's very um, rare that things are unsatisfying in terms of a, a kind of their hardiness. Even generally, like on the basic on the basic difficulty, you are lethal. Um, yeah. and that is something that was such a breath of uh, such a breath of fresh air, which is the battles are quick and brutal when you get into them. There is mm-hmm. there is no like we are doing this kind of like slow circle dance around each other, emptying clips. Like, yeah, you like all except the, for in the bosses. Well, yes, but which are know. uniformly shit. Yes, uh, um, the, but, <laughs> but but just kind of like in the in the in the majority of the game, the way that you're spending time, you know, it it is in this in these very fast, very brutal kind of kills that feel amazing in your hands when you're doing them. Yes, yeah, and the way that the the pickup economy works is that you are going into your next encounter mm-hmm. because it is very modular, uh, generally close to full strength. Yeah, um, you don't have to really hold anything back because the the game actually is pretty generous. Yes, with pickups, especially if you are used to exploration based gameplay, like if you're willing to spend any time exploring your environment, you'll mm-hmm. get back up to health. Uh, you know, nine times out of ten. So you can once you know the action comes, it's fast and frenetic, and you can not hold back. Mm-hmm. You know, which is really, really satisfying. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, we, we can talk about the about the weapon upgrades here uh, because I don't know that I have them later. Um, uh, I also am not too crazy about this, uh, just because you know weapons are upgraded based on progress through the game, basically. Well, not just so. There's that, but then I, I guess what I was considering was um, like the perks. Oh yeah, system, yeah. which I think is horseshit. Um, the, 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 the upgrades like tied to the, the game don't bother me as much. Mm-hmm. Like as you get further, like, oh, my laser, my signature weapon gets cooler. Yeah. yeah. But they like perform three stealth kills, mm-hmm. you know, using, uh, you know, a non-silenced weapon. Yeah. Kind of shit to get those perks, like miss me with that so hard. Like that is going to be a game design thing that is going to age so poorly. That was such a big thing in like mid decade. Well, yeah, I think that that might have been a little bit of a concession or something that was pulled over uh, because this didn't have a multiplayer mode. Yeah, um, those like the, the, that particular kind of progression where you have those micro goals 
um, for like it feels like you are leveling up a uh, a, a character for you know another for, multiplayer yeah. game for Call of Duty. That, that's yeah. totally what it feels like. Yeah, you know, and it, it's you can play with ignoring it, mm-hmm. which is what I basically did. And then you just and, get, then you're just pleasantly surprised when you get those perks yeah. because you did when something pops up. by accident. Yeah. yeah, but I imagine this being uh, pretty rough for like the completionist gamer. Like the idea is that they correspond to a type of play and you'll naturally get them mm-hmm. based on playing and they improve that way. Uh, yeah. And it's a complete failure mm-hmm. uh, on that level. Like there are the things that ask you to do are counterintuitive. Yeah. Like contrast with the uh, achievements in something like into the breach, which teach yeah. you how to play right. in what well, the new order. It's things like kill, you know, five enemies while not letting off the, the fire button. Right. And like that, that's a, that's a, artificial conceit like you mm-hmm. kind of have to make that happen yeah because the game up until this point is training you to conserve ammo mm-hmm. um because it's a shooter right source video games <laughs> um you know and then uh or things like oh kill people while sliding mm-hmm. uh would not a useful move no like you have to slide is, during a couple of scripted this, this isn't that, fear so yeah totally like i forgot that that existed <laughs> you know it's not dishonored like it's not you know, it's not a game where you use that really. Uh-huh. So like kill four enemies while sliding or whatever to get this perk is just silly. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they encourage not, it's not telling you how to play. It's encouraging you to play in a non-intuitive way to get these perks that are also frankly underwhelming. Yeah. Um, you know, and it just feels so grafted on. Yeah. Like I forgot that it between plays, I totally forgot that it existed. And then in this time, like when the tutorial came up for me, I'm like, oh yeah. And then I was like flipping through them. I'm like, I'm not going to do any of this. <laughs> like I'm, I'm literally not going to engage with the system at all. Yeah. I didn't the first time. And I'm not going to do it this time and I'll be fine. None of them seemed yeah. especially overpowered or strictly necessary, uh, yeah. which is nice. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it is good that it is optional. Yeah. It's just, I can imagine the, the achievement hunting gamer, like playing this and just being like, oh, I've got it. I got to grind out a few more yeah. grenade kills where I kill a grenade, somebody by throwing a grenade around a corner mm-hmm. like to get this little, to get a little ding, like feel good sound. Yeah. You know, and to contrast that model, you know, consider how much praise we heaped on this game for bending to you and your preference in terms yes. of how to approach these, uh, to have a system that requires you to bend to it. Yes. Um, it feels like something that works against a strength of the game. A yeah, more important it, strength of the game. Yeah, it's not. It's optional, but largely superfluous and shitty. Yes. Um, you know, and that's, again, my experience. Like, I don't think it really works. If you had a lot of fun hunting those down, I would never take that away from you. Um, but, yeah, yeah I, I found it to be superfluous. Yeah, I, I, I looked at that and I was like, oh, that, those would be cool to get by accident. But I in no way decided to modify my tactics because I didn't feel like spending that much time in the menu, honestly. Yeah, well, that, that to you. Yeah, like yeah. near the end of the game, I think I had like four mm-hmm. like i got I th- out of 16 like yeah. I, I did not get very many of them um maybe more than 16 but i think i only got like four or five yeah. i did not get very many of them mm-hmm. um when talking about the weapon upgrades you know just certain you know, when you reach a certain level and you know pick up a certain thing you get uh you know uh, additional firing modes for different weapons we can talk about those when we find them for the first time the biggest deal for that is the unique weapon for the game which is the laser craft your, mm-hmm. uh, your 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 laser gun, 
Um, yeah. This starts out as a cutting tool that lets you uh, cut through particular barriers, first chain link fences, and then um, kind of just a little bit thicker metal, like marginally thicker metal. But mm-hmm. over the course of the game, it goes from being very situational uh, and, you know, just kind of a pain to use because of its limited um, energy capacity to basically being the rail gun from Quake 3. Yeah, very powerful. Yeah. Very powerful gun um, that eventually will reload ammo on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, uh, you know, shooters all have like a, a signature weapon, or a lot of times they do. Right? Yeah. So, like, gravity gun, portal gun, uh, when eventually someday we'll do prey, mm-hmm. uh, the goo gun. Right. In that, like, there's, a, or glue gun. Um, there's a lot of uh, signature weapons. Um, this one is a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. The uh, kinesthetics on even just the cutting mm-hmm. function of it are really appealing. Yeah, like could, because you're drawing your draw. own. Yeah, yeah, you you draw a hole in a thing, mm-hmm. uh, and that's just really satisfying and cool. Like it yeah. feels like a trick, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it feels like a like a just like a clever little design trick. Yeah, my my yeah. only problem with that was it required you to do it so infrequently that I would get to what felt like a dead end and be frustrated, and then realize, mm. oh, I'm just totally not looking for those barriers that I need to cut through. Yeah, yeah, it's they they tend to signal them with like hazard colors mm-hmm. but they don't always you know if you, if you haven't been looking at those yeah then um yeah and they they uh it's also like just a little bit of an inventory tax that you have to switch to a different mode yeah it. it's like a yeah. quick press but it's just a, like you know super super mild friction mm-hmm. for the most part i use this as a weapon yeah uh, and it's a great opening gambit because it is um it reloads itself eventually but even before then there tend to be reload stations anywhere where you where you need it mm-hmm. so starting off with this as kind of an alpha strike thing and then switching to less damaging closer quarters weapons alpha but, strike <laughs> Yeah, Alpha Strike. That's, that's actual. Ter- I'm not. I'm not talking about that because I'm a Navy SEAL. I'm talking about it because uh, my friend Levi described that as a thing in games. Okay. Where it's like if, you know when you uh, whoever gets in first wins. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so I didn't exactly use it correctly, but I also mm-hmm. am trying to hide the fact that I was a Navy SEAL. No, oh, okay. So I'm kind of torn between those two things. Like I don't basically because of the government, I can't tell everybody. Right, right. No, um, you're, you've, you've already I, said too much. Yeah, it was more as as more of a, a navy sea lion or a navy walrus, like quite honestly. The, 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 like, it was a lot of like sunning myself on a beach and making like you know honking noises uh, to support the troops. That's kind of like the Bob Hope of navy seals. Yeah, you're a mascot, really. Yeah, like, you know, they just they send in the, uh, the this clown seal. Say, Here comes the nurse shark. You know, and just to to go save, you know, and and uh, perhaps mildly amuse all of our our fighting men with, uh, you know, anecdotes about Metroid Prime, um, until I put them into a rage, and then they go and kill our enemies, uh, thinking that they also think that about Metroid Prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, nobody yeah. tell. If you're I, listening to this, you've entered into a tontine yeah. where the last surviving person can tell the government yeah. that I spill. Why'd you spill your beans? Yeah. Um, about yeah. being a Navy SEAL. Yeah, I I I would usually say opening gambit, but. Yeah, I just the, the, sure. you you said that like it was not going to be remarked upon, and I needed to punish no, you yeah. for that. No, it's it's what's quite right. As a Navy SEAL, I'm used to punishment. That's <laughs> one of the first things that happened in training. Whew, was... I I can't tell you how many twenties I gave. Yeah, yeah, it was the 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 Sarge was tough but fair. You know, and honestly, I'm really thankful because he made me what I am. Oh yeah, today, no, know, no. If you think I'm a good podcaster, it's largely thanks to Sarge. Oh, you 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 uh, were hardened in the crucible, my friend. Yeah, yeah, large Sarge sent me, um, and just. Uh, just the podcaster i am today he is. Uh, the podcasting navy seal <laughs> oh. <laughs> so um yeah. want to talk about the aesthetics in the world 
Yes, uh, very much so. Because th- this is ultimately like if this were a wireframe game, mm-hmm. if this were about fighting aliens, right? Right? No one would talk about it. Like right. it would still be a fun popcorn game, but it would be like this B minus that like everyone forgot about pretty quickly. Yeah, I think. Uh, but it's not um, because uh, one, um, you know, one of the ways that and this is all ties into how they accomplish that tightrope mm-hmm. you were talking about. Um, one of the just real quick things I want to give like an absolute shout out to you. Um, you know, and I've talked about this in, in other games as well, kind of given this, uh, this applet to, this is one of the best, uh, you know, this gets the, the, uh, you know, the life is strange, you know, memorial award, uh, for voice acting. Yep. Um, the voice acting and character performances specifically on BJ, mm-hmm. uh, are incredible. Yeah. Like he carries this so well, in a in a really well, you you just wouldn't expect this. Who is this? Steve Bloom, something like that. Wow, wow, wow! I don't know. Some live voice actors are anonymous to me. I don't know. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, not Tony J. Yeah, no, no. You see, you're right. Really so you, just, just, to, to, Tony Tony J and Cam Clark are the two the two you know. No, so yep. Steve Steve Bloom is the anime guy. This is uh, this is Brian Bloom. Okay. Yes. Um, he does an incredible job yes. of selling uh, just an immense amount of pathos mm-hmm. in this character that shouldn't work. Right. Um, you know, when they talked about, you know, so in the development of this, you know, the studio generally is more comfortable with anti-heroes. They, you know, and Bethesda was pretty much like, yeah, we would really rather you play this kind of straight. They managed to make him, you know, make him an interesting unanimous hero. Right. Yes. Uh, where just kind of everything about him really is a virtue, except for his short temper. But even that is put in service to really, mm-hmm. to, to, you know, to, to really good ends. Um, and yeah, the way that he relates to the other characters, um, and his, uh, uh his, the, the animation on him, mm-hmm. like just the actual, like acting that was done. Softness by, in by his the eyes. Animator. Yes. The softness yeah. in his eyes is such a huge deal for this. Yeah. Um, you know, and you would expect like, okay, yeah, like maybe he, you know, like we just need a guy who knows how to yell real loud, you know, in comet or whatever. He doesn't really do that. It's more about his like Southwest Texas kind of, kind of gruff draw. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, really good and understated again in an unexpected way for a game that on the whole is, is as unsubtle as it is. Yeah, is anything but understated. You know, and it's not just the the voice performance. The voice performance does it, but the words they're giving him. Yes. uh, You know, also, it's a really well-written game on a line-by-line basis. Like, I'm sure that there are critiques of the plotting of this game uh, that are relevant. um, Mm -hmm. But on a line-by-line basis, the dialogue is very sharp. Yeah. Um, The kind of inner monologues are very sharp Mm -hmm. uh, in this, uh, you know, poetic in a way that does feel pulpy. Mm-hmm. But somehow, like, you know, I was trying to contrast this with some of the because characters in this kind of, you know, uh, kind of rap uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, talk about war in a poetic way. Right? right. And I was trying to contrast this with Kojima, who is the mm-hmm. other developer who makes a lot of characters who talk about war in a poetic way mm-hmm. and why I think this works so much better for me. Good quantity. Um, quantity like it's literally <laughs> it like this game knows how to say a lot with a little yeah like bj the character can have something happen and just kind of say a line that is very sad and succinct and gets across a lot yeah without saying every possible thought the developer has about war. yeah with, 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 without being a conduit for an essay yes yeah. no characters do that in this game the times where characters monologue in this game it is done through dialogue mm-hmm. uh 
um, you know, it is set up like a like entertainment is set up. Yeah. You know, the character <laughs> needs to get across a like, I mean, you know, fuck you, Kojima. Like, yeah. you don't know how entertainment works. The um, like it's set up like a movie or it's set up like a TV show. Like, hey, this is done through dialogue mm-hmm. to a character challenges another character on an idea. Mm-hmm. And then they are given the opportunity to be a mouthpiece for that idea after kind of having like a platonic dialogue. <laughs> yes. Back and forth about it, as opposed to a character literally monologuing and everyone politely listening because they're weird robots. Yes. You know, like it feels natural. It feels like a story. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they do present some like different ideas, right? Like during this, like it generally, it's never like maybe the Nazis were right, Mm -hmm. but there is a lot like that idea that we talked about, about, um, you know, it's a naive of Gary and Cole when we say things like, um, oh man, things have gotten really bad because it has always been bad. Right. That idea is expressed in this game. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's done through a character that is a mouthpiece for that idea, but it's done through dialogue. It's done through characterization. Mm -hmm. It's done through backstory. It's not done through a huge text dump of a character's reading a monologue. Right. It is, it is done through characters with two, with two different worldviews and experiences, you know, who like and respect each other, you know, having that moment of friction, like just like it is exposed through collision, which is where, which is where that stuff should come out. It should never, it should never come out with a lot of room or free of, you know, let's just say structural context. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and this is something that the sequel does beautifully. Mm -hmm. Like the sequel to this game, which I hope you played sometime cool. Like it'll probably be a couple of years before we hit it. Right. Right. No, I I have a, I have a a lot of appetite left for this. Yeah. So it's, it's all, it's similarly short and Mm -hmm. it is, uh, it's, I think that overall, like this is maybe a better shooter Mm -hmm. than that game, but that game has like set pieces and story stuff. All that stuff that you love uh, is done really well in the sequel as well. Mm -hmm. Um, that kind of thing, you know, in to frame this positively, not just in, in contrast to how bad it can be done, even for other games that do that, that express ideas through dialogue and express games like a story expresses, you know, ideas. Um, this is a great articulation of it. Yes. Characters are well sketched, um, beautifully performed, mm-hmm. uh, represent interesting and, you know, ideas that I have a lot of compassion for and I have a lot of understanding for, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it does a good job of exploring different attitudes that can happen in this scenario yes you know like there is the character that used to be a nazi who reformed mm-hmm. um you know that is represented yeah you know, your, your, your allies are presented incredibly humanely um yes. and humanity or just you know a general humaneness is a huge value that i have in any kind of work especially one that is dealing with you know ideas as important as this social yes. constructs as important as this does um, yeah. you know, I want to talk just a little bit about the, about BJ himself, just a little bit more because yeah. we got yeah. that. It is tremendous that BJ is empowering without being toxic, toxically masculine. Let me yes. pause there because that sounds like we're being parodies of ourselves. Consider all the ways that this could go wrong where you could say, my name is BJ Blazkowicz and I fuck and I kill. You could be Duke Nukem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and this is not Duke Nukem like BJ in this game is immensely vulnerable and damaged. Yes. Like, uh, you know, and not, you know, not to the degree, like it's not, it's not Hellblade. Right. Right. But you are not having a good time. Yeah. And every, uh, like, 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 he, he is open with other people who have had similar experiences, people who were, you know, like had to suffer the indignities of the previous 14 years you know, consciously while he was, you know, flitting in and out, all of them talk about the damage that they have taken. 
yeah. in a very open and frank way. BJ himself too, you know, just in a, in a very frank way, saying like, "Oh yeah, bad dreams." <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, exactly. Flashbacks, you know, and, all that. Yeah, can't sleep. Flashbacks, PTSD, essentially. Yeah. Um, and he's such a potent cocktail of these emotions because the the secret sauce to any kind of bad emotion shake, I think, is mm-hmm. guilt. Mm-hmm. And BJ has that, yeah. Um, partly through a narrative construct that happens in you know at the end of the prologue, mm-hmm. um, and partly just because he was out for fourteen years, yeah. So a lot of things happened on, not under his watch, yeah. And that yearning to kind of make good mm-hmm. and kind of just fix a problem, yeah. You know, is really relatable and a really human desire, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so that he embodies really well. Again, hitting that hitting that tightrope. There's nothing about BJ that says, okay, all these action things that you're taking part in that are incredibly fun or implausible. You know, like it makes sense that he is the soldier, but like when it is time for story, BJ, it is he is very relatable and very three dimensional in a way that does not actually like reinforce anything negative. Yeah, there's no there's no uh, overt like sexism. From mm-hmm. him, and I say that to cover cover my ass in case there's in, a medium post there. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but there's like no overt sexism. There's not uh, that masculine. Like he is not a masculine icon, right? Uh, in right. terms of traditional forms of masculinity, even though he's a super tough guy. Yeah, he, he, and he, and I love you know love that about him because I think that you know like a two hundred one level level lesson in in feminism is that hey you know toxic masculinity. Like, if you're out there and you're like, oh, there's no such thing, you're just saying all men are bad, you're a victim of this too. Yeah, yeah. Like, me being, you know, if I was upset in school and not being able to show that Mm -hmm. uh, is a function of this societal construct of which I am a victim of as well. Yes. Um, You know, me holding back emotions in general or holding back sadness specifically is uh, an injustice, is a human thing that I should be able to do Mm -hmm. and that I was taught not to do. Because of this damaging social construct. Yeah. You know, feminism, you know, and, you know, I understand you people might bristle at that word, you know, when, when, when performs and, you know, with, with intention is not just an individual indictment that is used as a weapon to make you in particular feel bad. The notional person who was hearing this and and bristling at it. It is a, it is a systemic critique, right? Yes. You know, um, and it is and not this is more complicated than women, good men, bad. Yes. Like that has never been the message. I, I think people who don't like feminism don't understand it. Yeah. Uh, without exception. Right. You know, like it, it's just the, uh, you know, either or or it's rooted in misogyny. It's one or the other, though. Like mm-hmm. there's not a defensible uh, alternative like refutation mm-hmm. to feminism that is that holds any water whatsoever. Yeah. Like it's either based on a misunderstanding of the thing or it's based in in like a hate. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, um, and, you know, BJ comes by like this is something I understand is uh, related to the sequel very well. Mm-hmm. But he comes by his righteous hatred of hate very, very honestly. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it just it is, it is, you know, kind of just straight up portrayed that this is like this is part of who he is, is to reject and fight against this, you know, reject and fight against the white, you know, the the supremacy. Right. Yeah. Yep. And and the other characters as well can't be kind of understated. Yes. You know, how each of them, you know, none of them get as much development as BJ gets, mm-hmm. but all of them are well characterized. Nobody is gratuitous. Yeah. Nothing is not to a purpose. Right. You know, that that is uh, put put out mm-hmm. there. They all represent something. Yeah. In a way that is just uncommon and especially uncommon for a popcorn shooter. Yes. You know, again, this is the, the skeleton mm-hmm. of this is a popcorn arcade shooting game. Yep. 
Um, you know, and there's an element of this that feels uncommonly generous in the same way that Spec Ops did. Yeah. You know, um, it's a very different game mm -hmm. than Spec Ops, but the idea that like, yes, this is just a, a shooter. You don't have like we have been conditioned to not expect Mm -hmm. um all your characters to be this well developed or this this three-dimensional yeah. and they decided to do it yeah you know we, we have can we, we have been conditioned not to expect a dynamic range in how you can feel about yes. this about this particular stuff i did not expect this game to elicit as much pathos as it does i did mm -hmm. not expect it to be as funny as it is yeah it's both yeah you know again that tightrope yeah you know and the way they do that is through kind of pitch perfect writing and pitch perfect performances yeah in relation to this, at the very least, yeah. um, the world design itself is actually incredible mm -hmm. uh, on its own, not just the level design, but just kind of the this alternate history. Yeah. Um, the way that uh, levels communicate um, what this world would look like, mm -hmm. you know, down to uh, little, you know, so architectural details, um, world building details, like what happened uh, in Africa, what happened to England, what happened mm -hmm. to these different allies, what happened to America, et cetera. Yeah. They get into more of that in the sequel. Uh, which takes place in America. Um, there's also uh, newspaper clippings mm -hmm. that are presented really smartly, kind of non-chronologically. Yeah. Um, you know, in your base, your characters are clipping these. Mm -hmm. um, so you can kind of keep an eye on the times. Uh, and these are actually good video game ephemera. Mm -hmm. um, these are interesting to read yeah. as little snapshots of alternate history. And uh, we're consistently really interesting yeah yeah it shows uh, a very thorough approach to what the consequences of this might be mm -hmm. you know and playing this i found myself like oh man like wouldn't it be really great to play a campaign that was set in northern africa yeah, yeah. <laughs> right just like they were describing the stuff that happened elsewhere like fuck man bj's gotta go he's gotta go to all these places <laughs> yeah, all of this right. could be interesting yep and they've you all know. gotta go <laughs> You know, there's Nazis there. Yeah. They gotta go. Um, um, the uh, the Nazi kind of takeover uh, extends to like a cultural yes. takeover as well. Um, and one of the collectibles in this game that I think is really clever are these German pop songs, recordings <laughs> of pop songs. Yeah. Um, I don't think these are original. I think these are covers. So, some, uh, some of them are covers. Um, uh, the, the majority of them are, um, I believe, just like style parodies almost. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you end up with like, so you end up with ones that are, you know, like just a German version of uh, House of the Rising Sun, which has yeah. a polka backing for, you know, for some reason, yeah. because, because Germany. Uh, yeah. But then you also have like, it's not a Beatles song that the, uh, the whatever, the, the Wunderbar for uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> put together. But, uh, but it is, it is close enough to be like a, a British invasion. Uh, which is very funny in this context. The idea of yes. a British invasion into German. The German invasion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. That stuff is really clever. Again, Bioshock Infinite, right? Shades mm -hmm. of that. Like yeah, yeah. the kind of cultural uh, side mm -hmm. of of the proliferation of these these ideas is really interesting. Yeah. Um, not a lot of games have done stuff with that. Right. So fun. Mm -hmm. Fun. And you go in your little collectibles menu and listen to it. Yes. Um, pretty fun. <laughs> um, yeah. So do we have anything we want to uh, say before we get to the development side of this? Um, no, I, th I think that that's basically, uh, the world stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it is, it's, it plays into that, um, kind of hybrid nature of this as being a corridor shooter and an exploration based shooter mm -hmm. in a really clever way. Like you are rewarded for exploring these areas, not just yes. in terms of finding these collectibles, but also seeing those little details. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um uh, just and it a, is, go ahead. You know, the, the basically the, the basic conceit of this of it being a technologically advanced uh, Nazi Germany is really neat just in that that has always been part of Wolfenstein. Yes. 
you know, down to the first game where things are pretty on the nose until you fight Mecha Hitler <laughs> at the end, you know, um, it is, uh, that is a nice little honoring of that heritage mm -hmm. too. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the big things you see in the world design. Yeah. And it helps brighten everything up as well. You know, when you have yes. like Tesla coils and stuff everywhere, uh, you know, we talked yes. about uh, the Wolfenstein 2009 being very drab. This is not drab. Not at all. Right. This is the, this, this is colorful and again, a little bit pulpy in its presentation, but in a way that, but in a way that feels very additive that doesn't like pull any, pull any of the impact away from what you see. Yes. Um, big props go to the, um, the, uh, propaganda design and the industrial design yeah, as well. Um, yep. tons of great posters and products and, you know, packaging design stuff, big, yep. big, big thumbs up for all that. So we, agree. we talked about this, you know, it was developed by some people who left Starbreeze. They made both of the Chronicles of Riddick games and then also the darkness, which is a game that I have not played, but I understand is very good. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, just the, a lot of the stuff that is good about this specifically in the feel, uh, feels like it stems from that, um, you the, know, from, from the values that that team has. The darkness is ludicrous. Is it? I've only played the beginning of it, but it's, uh, yeah, like the, uh, it, it's based on a, a very, like, it's not an image comic, but it may as well be, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's like a, it's very spawn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind well, of adjacent. Yeah. Uh, well, so. well, our, our favorite human, Mike Patton is the voice actor for that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The human growl, <laughs> the growl. It walks like a man. It's it. What is it? Yeah. 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 What is it? <laughs> I don't know. Mike Patton. <laughs> oh. um, um, yeah, but they, you know, formed their own studio. Didn't really have a, uh, a project. They were owned by Zenimax, however, um, and Zenimax acquired id and mm -hmm. just the Wolfenstein license was sitting around with nobody really doing anything with it. So that, well, fuck, we're fans of that. So why don't we just do that? And Zenimax said, okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, which is really great. Sorry for that noise. If that's coming through, there's a, a child moaning in the yard. Oh, on an incredibly deep way. I don't know what's going on with that. I think a kid probably just fell down. Oh yeah. Uh, and is crying, but it is, uh, it's pretty I, disturbing. I, I, I don't, I don't want to ruin your opsec. Aren't you several, like uh, at least a handful of floors up. I'm on the third floor. Okay. Of this. So that that's you. I didn't, I didn't reveal that. That was you. No, no, no. It's uh, the thing about Navy SEALs um, is that uh, <laughs> whatever happens, you're prepared. Details, you know, the debrief that I got from Large Sarge, yeah, um, like you know, said that the floor is okay as long as I don't give away the address. Okay, the yeah. um, even though somebody could triangulate if they were listening in on this actual recording, could triangulate that kid screaming. Yeah, that could be a distraction. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, before the uh, the Navy sharks mm. come in to feed on their natural prey. <laughs> because <laughs> there's a whole navy ecosystem i don't right, know if you know right. about this but there's a whole thing i've been eating navy krill all day yeah no i'm navy kelp yeah <laughs> I've been enjoying a lot of navy kelp <laughs> navy guppies Jesus um, um so the uh this game sold pretty well mm -hmm. uh well received well uh, received by fans you know kind of has some cult favorite energy to it but uh, in terms of like Metacritic, it's like a B minus, mm -hmm. you know, B minus C plus. Um, it does have, you know, we'll get into it. They're like the boss fights, I think, are uniformly bullshit. Yeah. You yeah. know, like there are some things that are bad about it in terms of a shooter, but it does have that kind of like designed to be kind of like a mid-season classic. Yeah. Kind of feeling like every once in a while a game comes comes along that like. Uh, hey, this is more interesting than you might think it is. Yes. Yeah, you know, I feel like that the, the first Arkham game was like that. Mm -hmm. You know, you had to kind of convince P 
people like it got good reviews yeah. but there was this kind of word of mouth where it's like actually no the new batman game is good you have to believe me mm-hmm. you know this feels like that to me like you kind of have to convince people like actually no the new wolfenstein is is legit yeah it's not the same as the one from five years ago like give it a shot no with like this was announced and i was like okay yeah that's cool yeah, yeah. i'm probably not gonna play that but then everybody started talking about it yeah yep, yeah yeah um yeah, but we'll talk about the the areas where this does fall down. Like there are whole levels that I think could have been cut and this yeah. is already a pretty short game. Um, so yeah. uh, immediately after this was released or pretty soon after uh, they put out a uh, prequel expansion called the new blood, uh, which uh, takes place before the time jump has BJ kind of engaged with the occult aspects of the Nazis in world war two. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a, a big sucker for that uh, general kind of thing. So uh, way into dipping into that. So. Yeah, I, I have not played that one yet, and I, I would I really like to. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a uh, you know a sequel as we mentioned, the New Colossus takes place in America. Um, is like the end of this game does not seem like BJ is going to make it. Spoiler, right? Um, the uh, the sequel kind of picks up on that in a really interesting way. Um, the sequel is kind of a wider variance, I think, like yeah. bigger swings, um, which means higher highs and lower lows. Mm-hmm. You know, like there are things that don't work about it, but it is more audacious while still kind of barely threading this needle. It also has one of the like probably at least, you know, at least top 10 scenes in video games ever hmm. um, that they do that I don't want to spoil. But people who have played it or are listening know what I'm talking about. And uh, it is just phenomenal. Nice. Like we when you eventually play it, we should do a dispatch on it. Just, you know, or like a Duckfeed Presents just talking about that scene because yeah. it will be a long wait for the two years or whatever until we get to it <laughs> for the show. Until we can gush about it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just, I, I'm hungry, man. Like I, I yeah. because, because of family stuff, I had to mainline this over the course of 24 hours. Um, I'm still, mm-hmm. I, I still have an appetite. So mm-hmm. yeah, good yeah. stuff. And um, we talked about the interqual, um, young bloods, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm looking forward to playing. Uh, it is a co-op game and you play as BJ's twin daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a third entry to the series, which I think is wrapping it up. That's being developed, which I'm very, very interested in yeah. because it does all seem to build towards something. Yeah. So um, let's get into it. Yeah, let's do it. So this is the end of the uh, the free portion of the episode. If you're listening to this, uh, uh, please consider going to Patreon to hear the hear the rest of it. You know, we 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 talked a lot in generalities there about how this uh, how, how this uh, works. Uh, hear the full episode to uh, have us get into the details. Yeah. And as mentioned uh, earlier, we do not mind if you dip in and out That's yeah. by design. So uh, if $5 seems like a lot, we're not here to tell you what $5 is worth to you. Mm-hmm. Um, throw it in, um, listen to the episodes, and then stop. Doesn't yep. hurt our feelings. No. Um, and uh, yeah, we think it's worth it. Uh, we You get a lot of stuff for $5, um, and you get more stuff at $10. Um, you know, we try to provide a lot of value because, uh, you know, we know that your, you know, dollars are valuable to yes. you. Um, so consider supporting us if you like the network and you like what we do, mm-hmm. you want to see us keep doing it. And if you want to hear that stuff, yep. all good reasons. Yep. So patreon.com slash TV. Thank you.